You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Well, everybody, we've been in a uh, series that we just started last week that we've entitled, It's My Turn. It's My Turn. And what we're looking at together is what it looks like to turn our lives over to God, to yield our lives to God over and over and over again. You know, I, I think sometimes, to, maybe you're in this place, sometimes we can look at the state of things around us or in our world and we start to wonder like, is there hope? I mean, is there hope for our nation? Are, are we just too far gone yet, you know? I mean, we look at, I know you love California. That's why you live here. That's why no one is thinking about moving from California. You just feel called to California. But sometimes you look around, and you go, are you kidding me? Now what? You're charging me how much for gas to heat my home? You're charging, you're doing, come on, anyone feel the pain? It's okay to go, mm, ow, like, come on, you're like, and like, what in the world? Like, are we just too far? All our, remember, we're getting so liberal. We just, and we look and we just go, is, is, is there still hope? Come on, you look, at, you look at our schools, you look at what, what's happening and the, the cloud of, of depression that, that rests on so many of our schools and so many of these kids that are wrestling with, with bouts of depression and thoughts of suicide. And they just go, God, are we too far gone? Is, is there still hope? Is there still hope? And, and I think sometimes we, we wonder, you know, how, like how far can someone fall and still have hope? How, how far can someone wander from home before they can't get back to home? And maybe for you, it's not just wondering about our nation or even about our state. You're just wondering about your own life. Like, have I fallen too far? Have I gone too far? And what I have just been doing my best, and I pray the Spirit of God just meets us in all of this to do, is try to convince you from God's word to help you understand, friends, that there's always a way back when you're down. There's always a way back home when you're lost. There's always a way back up when you've been, when you've been brought low. I mean, just telling you, listen, come on. Let's act like we're at least leaning in and enjoying God's word today. There is still hope, amen? There's still hope. Oh, come on, I'm gonna... So Solomon, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, um, 2 Samuel chapter 6, he's, he's going before God and he's dedicating the temple to God. And, and in it, he's going, okay, God, as I go to dedicate this temple, I'm just gonna pray over the temple and here's my prayer. God, I just wanna know, Lord, just wondering if your people happen to find themselves in this place where they've wandered from you, God, is it possible that they can still have hope? Like, is it possible that you would still meet with them? And he gives all these for instances. So that's his question. Like, God, is there still hope for your people? Like, no matter how far we wander. And so he, he throws out all these for instances. He goes, God, as I'm dedicating this temple, let's just say that your people find themselves taken captive because of their own sin. They've done something dumb and now they've been, been uh, taken away uh, to another land, a foreign land, because they made some really dumb, bad mistakes. God, let, let's just say they find themselves in that really dark spot. God, if they find themselves there, can they turn to you here at the temple and still find hope? God, let's just say if there's no rain, rain in that day was seen as a blessing from God. And let's say, let's say your people, Solomon says, are in the spot where they just feel like, like 
the heavens are shut up and there is no blessing and they're looking around and everything is just frustrating. God, if your people find themselves there, can they turn to you here? And here's what Solomon's doing. He's just trying to paint like the, the bleakest picture imaginable. Like, God, if they go there, Lord, is there still hope? And what happens is in 2 Chronicles chapter seven, God visits Solomon. He says, Solomon, I've heard your prayer. I've heard your prayer and, and here's the deal. 2 Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14, here's the deal. If my people who are called by my name, no, no matter where they've wandered, no matter how far things have gone, no matter how lost they are, no matter how confused they are, no matter how much they've messed things up. No, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. If they do that, he says, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Amen? God says, listen, no matter how far down you've fallen, there's still a way back up. No matter how far from home you've wandered, there's always a way back. If my people who are called by my name. I call it humble, hungry, and holy. Humble, hungry, and holy. You get humble, you get hungry, pray and seek his face, and you learn to live holy. Just walk in his ways. And here's what I want you to understand, friends, is the question isn't whether or not God can heal, God desires to heal, will God heal? That's not the question. Listen, God is not on trial here. God is a good God, amen? And he, he loves to help. He wants to heal. He wants, God desires, do you believe it, to touch our nation. God desires to heal our land. God can heal our nation. God can heal our land. The question is not can God. The question is will we? Because you see, 2 Chronicles 7.14, the healing is found in the turning. The turning Humble, hungry, and holy. Get humble, get hungry, get holy. And God says, I will hear and I will heal. So will we turn to God? And what God is outlining for us in, the, in this passage is what it looks like, what it looks like to turn to God. Another word for that is what it looks like to repent. You know what repent means? It means change your mind, turn around. Some people think like repent's like a bad word, you know, repent. Repent's what you do like in case of emergency, when all things have gone wrong, repent. No, repent just means stop thinking the dumb things you've been thinking and get back to the God who knows what you should be thinking, right? It's to stop walking down the, the dead end roads you're walking and instead turn to God who will lead you down roads into blessing. You with me? Repent, repent, repent. And what he's walking us through in 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is what it looks like to turn to God. And here's what I need you to understand is that the turning to God, before I preach this first part on humility, I'm going to, but what you need to understand is that the turning to God is not just a one-time giving my life to Jesus day thing. It's an everyday walking with Jesus thing. It's not meant to just like, like, Repentance and turning to God isn't just a, man, I, I, need, I need fire insurance. I need to know that I'm not going to hell and so I'm gonna repent. It's, 
I want to live a life that honors and pleases God. I want to walk in his way. I, I, I want to walk in his will. I want to live under his blessing. And so today when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to choose God's way. I'm going to turn to God. And you see, it's a, a continual turning. Are you with me of my life to God? It's a, in other words, guys, this isn't, turning to God isn't how you just become a Christian. It's how you live as a Christian. I'm con- Does this make sense? Okay, let me say it to you this way. Christianity isn't just about attending church. It's about turning to God in every way, in all things, always. My life is postured in a constant turning of myself to God. Amen? And so what we're learning here, humble, hungry, holy, is, is what it looks like to turn to God. And this first one, I know you, you couldn't wait to get into it. What does it look like to be humble? <laughs> like, it's probably not the topic you would pick. If like, what can we talk about? I wanna talk about humility. Teach me humility. I think we don't necessarily love humility. It's not the topic we would pick, but it's what God picked. And so I'm like, okay, God, let's, let's, let's look at this. If, if this is the posture I'm supposed to take, in turning to you, what does this humility look like? This very first thing you mention in, in this passage. He says, humble yourselves. If my people are called by my name, would humble themselves. And I think to understand biblical humility, I, I was thinking about how to, how to approach this. But I think in order to get you to understand biblical humility, put that over here, I need you to understand pride, okay? Because if, if I'm gonna humble myself, what that really means is it's a process in which I'm breaking down my pride. So if you're gonna understand humility, I think you need to understand pride. And I think pride might be easier for you to get your mind around because we all deal with it. See, pride, pride is this, well, it's an excessively high opinion of myself, right? It, puts me in the center of the universe. You hear all preachers will talk about pride. How do you spell pride? P-R-I-D-E. I is in the middle. Anytime you got I in the middle, you got pride in your life, right? So you preach is good. It's true. It's I, I in the middle, me in the middle. It's, it's the, everything revolves around me instead of God, okay? So, so now it's, it's, it's my agenda over God's agenda, my plan over God's plan, my will over God's will, my way over God's way. It's me, it's me, it's me. And you get around people like this. They're prideful, everything's about them. They're me monsters. You ever meet those people? Like after, after church today, watch, I'm gonna put you all in it. After church today, someone's gonna say, where do you guys wanna go to lunch? They don't really care where you wanna go to lunch. They just want you to ask them where they wanna go to lunch because we're all gonna go where they wanna go to lunch. It's called a me monster, right? It's all about them. You don't care. You don't care. Because even when you, how many of you husbands, like your wife asks you where you want to go eat, and then you tell her, and then she's like, I don't like that. And then you come up with another thing, yeah, I don't like that. Don't you get to the spot where you go, like, why don't you just, you just tell me where you want to go to eat. No, I want to know where you want to go. No, you don't want to know where I want to go. You genuinely don't care. I could, right? So pride, 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 pride. Pride places my agenda, my plan, my will, my way, my pleasures before God's agenda, God's plan, God's will, God's agenda, right? Pride, 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 pride. Pride is what filled the heart of Lucifer before he was cast out of heaven. He said, I will become like the most high. And God said, no, you won't. Done, game over. 
Pride is what found its way into the heart of man in the garden with Adam and Eve, right? What, what, what was the root sin in Eve eating of the fruit? It was pride. She was like, Satan lied to her and said, listen, God is only telling you not to eat of that because he knows that in the day you eat of it, you'll become like him. And she's like, well, I want to be like God. I, me, me, you see? Now watch, pride then therefore move on, follow this, becomes the root issue behind every sin and rebellion against God. Behind every sin and rebellion against God, there is pride nearby. So you think about it, pride. Pride is at the center of anger. anger. Why are you angry? Well, because it's not going the way I want. They're not doing what I want. They're not doing it the way I want. And I'm just angry. Why are you angry? Because pride. Lying. Why, why do we lie? Pride. I don't want you to really know the truth. I don't want you, I want to paint a better picture. I, I, I want to try to get something out of something that I shouldn't be able to get out of something. But the way I'm going to get that out of that thing, I'm going to cheat a little. What is that? Pride. I'm making it about me. I don't care what's right. I don't care what's, what's, what's wrong. I'm just going to do what it is I think I need to do to advance myself at the root of all sin is this thing called pride. Jealousy. Why are you jealous? Because I deserve instead of them. I, I, I see this. Every sin, deceit, adultery, theft, betrayal, all can be rooted back to pride. When I sit with couples, this is, this is free. And we're doing premarital counseling or, or even like marriage counseling. This is usually marriage counseling. You know what the root issue is always? is Somebody got some pride. Somebody's unwilling to lay themselves down for the other. Pride. And every issue is gonna revolve around that. You see, everybody, come on. I want you to understand how, how much God hates pride. But he hates it. Matter of fact, Proverbs chapter six says that there's seven things that God hates. So the six things God hates, seven things are detestable to God. You know what the first one is? Haughty eyes. It's, just a, proud, it's a proud look. It's like, because I hate that. I, I, I detest, number, he puts it, it's number one on his hate list, everybody. Pride. Proverbs 16 verse 18 says that pride is what comes before fall. A haughty spirit before destruction. How many of you, how many ever found yourself in that spot where you said, watch this? I have, yeah, I have. I, when I was a, a little, I know it's hard to picture me as a little skater boy, but I was a little skater boy. And uh, trying to show off and off in all my friends. I can't tell you how many times I say, hey guys, watch this. <laughs> Boom. Just at that moment, right? And it follows you into life. Hey buddy, watch this. Hey God, watch this. Boom. Pride comes before a fall. Haughty spirit before destruction. But here's what I really want to zero in on. Watch this, watch. James chapter four, verse six. I, I want you to see pride, pride, humility, pride, humility. James four, six says, six says this, but God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. Did you he hear that? God goes to war against the proud. God will hold down the proud. God opposes the proud because he, but he gives grace to the humble. 
I am telling you right now, listen to me, dear friend, listen to me, dear nation, listen to me, dear city, dear city. Like you are either opposing a God who is now opposing you or you're submitting to a God who is now blessing you. See, he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Opposes the proud. I mean, that word literally, it it means that God will go to war, wage war against the proud. He resists the proud because the proud are resisting God. That's what pride at its core is, is when someone chooses to resist the almighty God. Think about how foolish that is. We'll get into it more. But I'm gonna resist the almighty God. Now, now, sure, you might not, you might not, or we might not lift our fist to God and say, God, I resist you, and God, how dare you? I mean, we rarely lift our fist to God, but we do fight him and resist him every time we take a side other than the side he's on. What are you doing? You're resisting God. And when you oppose God and resist God, God opposes you and resists you, and nothing can be worse. Nothing can be worse. How do you know when, when you're opposing God? It's like, it's because it, it feels like you're opposing everything around you, right? Like, I think of Jonah. Jonah is told by God to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel to him. And preach just a simple message. I mean, it's a message that like you think he would probably love to go. His message was repent, turn to God. Why is she burned something? It's like just very, very like, okay, you can preach that. But he's like, no. God says go and he has the audacity. Do you know anybody like this? That it would have the audacity. Do you know a people like this? That it would have the audacity to tell an almighty God, no. God says go to Nineveh. He says, no. It says that as you read through Jonah, that instead of going to Nineveh, he went down to Tarshish. He went down into a boat. He got down into the belly of that boat. And it says that he set sail in the complete opposite direction of what God had asked him to do. I think a lot of people find themselves in that place today. What is that? Pride, pride. And what did God do? Do you remember? It says that God hurled a storm at him. You guys, we, all, we love to talk. We love to preach. It's just, it's much, much safer. It's a lot more fun to preach about, the, about God, the great storm calmer. But can I, can I remind you, you also have God, the great storm causer. Like God, God says, I guess this scripture, he hurled a storm at, at Jonah. And pretty soon the boat is swaying and everybody in the boat is experiencing seasickness. Everyone's being affected by the fact that this guy is running in his pride from God. And he is so proud that instead of submitting to God in that moment, he says, just throw me in the depths of the sea. What is that? Pride. I'm not going to submit to God. I'm not going to go to do what I don't want to do. Throw me in the sea. God is so gracious that he goes down to the depths of the sea and then it says that God prepared a great fish. I'm not gonna. God said, you run all you want. I'm always ready. No matter how far you roam, no matter how far you go, no matter how far you fall, I'm always ready. 
I'm always gonna, I've always got a situation prepared where all you need to do is cry back out to me, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And you know, he finally did. And God, it says, told that great fish in that moment to spit him up. And so he got thrown up on the shore. <laughs> you can imagine he's in the belly of this fish. Okay, God, fine, I submit. Blah. Do you know where he was thrown up at? Right where he should have been in the first place. Not very far from the city God had called him to. He said, let's try this again, Jonah. See, pride puts you in a spot, and you should understand this, where you go to war against God. You know, I think of the biggest, our nation, we walk around in pride. Well, look what we've built. Look what we've done. Look at us. And we push God out. We don't, God's not a part of it. God, okay. You will watch the hand of blessing be removed from a nation that thinks that they're all that. You think about Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar standing out on the balcony and he goes, look at this great city of Babylon that I, which I have built. And it says that while the words were still in his mouth, God took it all from him. Because God resists the proud. He resists the proud. And so that resistance, friends, against God is... It's not the place you want to find yourself. Some of us in here today, your biggest obstacle in life is that you're, you're proud and you're resisting God and therefore God is resisting you. Now, I'm not saying that every storm you find yourself in is a storm of correction thrown to you by the hand of God. Sometimes you find yourself in the middle of the storm because we live in a fallen planet and things are broken around us and, and, and you're just in a storm. I will tell you this, that God doesn't waste the storm. Every storm... God will use. Sometimes God will use a storm that maybe the, just the broken planet threw at you. And God will use that storm to strengthen you. You're gonna meet God in the middle of that storm in a way that, that you never would have outside that storm. He's gonna reveal himself to you in that storm in a way that you wouldn't have gotten to know him outside that storm. It makes sense. God will never waste the storm. So sometimes the storm is a, is a storm of, 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 of strengthening. Sometimes it's a storm of, of directing. God's just trying to, gonna use the storm to point you in a new direction. But, but sometimes and often, there's storms of correction. Like you're running from God and God is therefore resisting the proud. And so how do you know the difference? How do you know what kind of storm you're in? How do you, here's the question. Ask yourself, am I running from God? Am I resisting God in my pride? Is there a specific place in my life where I no, I'm not right, but yet I keep going back to it. A thing that God's asked me to do, but I'm just kind of reluctant to do it. Is there something that, that I'm just kind of choosing to ignore? And if so, God resists the proud. God resists the proud. God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Well, what does it mean to be humble? Well, if pride, we talked about, if pride is resisting God, then humility is submitting to God. If pride is saying, it's my way, humility is saying, God, it's your way. Pride is resisting his ways, and humility is submitting to God's ways. You with me? Yeah. All right. Now, where does God show us his ways? Right here. God reveals his ways 
in his word. And so now watch, humility places myself above God's word and God's ways. I resist them. That's pride. Pride places myself above God's word and God's way. Humility submits to God's word and God's way. It makes sense? And this is the dilemma we all find ourselves, the place we all find ourselves in. Am I going to, in humility, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves, submit themselves, commit themselves, like dedicate themselves to his way. If my people are, are willing to humble themselves, Now watch, submitting to God is easy when what he said is easy. Submitting to God is like, it's no big deal when you like it. But here's the question. What do we do? Humility. Humility is, is, a, a, is a, I'm not resisting God. I'm submitting to God. I'm yielding to God. Okay, so now watch. That's nice when it's easy, but what about those moments when you don't agree? What about those moments when it's not easy? It's in those moments, dear friend, dear nation, dear, it's in those moments that you are, that will determine who's on the throne in your life. That makes sense? Is it God, because I'm submitting to him, or is it me? No, I don't like that. So what do we do when it's not easy? That'll tell you whether you're walking in pride or humility. So just to pick, because I love you, right? What about when God says in Philippians Chapter two, that we're to prefer one another above ourselves, like to put the agenda of others first. What about when God's word, do I like that? I don't necessarily like that. I wanna put me first. But God says, no, you're to look out for the interests of others. You see, I might not like that, but if I humble myself before God, I'm going to do that, right? As unto God. And so now I'm not just making it all about me. I'm gonna focus on others. I'm gonna love others. Why? Because I'm walking in this thing called humility where I'm submitting myself to God. I'm submitting myself to his word. And Philippians tells me to prefer others above myself, place the interest of others above my own. Okay, I'm gonna walk that way. I'm gonna live different. Why is my life different? Christian, your life should be different. You're different because you are a person that submits yourself to the word of God. I don't edit it. It edits me. Does that make sense? So what about... What about in Ephesians 5 when it says, husbands, ready husbands? My wife's like, go get them. <laughs> husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Oh, I don't like that. God, have you met my wife? You want me to do what? To submit myself? You, got, you, I mean, you want me to humble the lover in a, in a humble way where Christ loved the church? You want me to give myself for my wife? God, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. Well, listen. If you go up against God and say, God, I don't like that, God's gonna come up against you and won't bless that. Well, why is God not blessing that? Maybe because you're fighting against the one who is able to actually bless it. And the way that he blesses it is through this thing called humility and submission to what he said it is you're supposed to do in the context of that. Does that make sense? And so, all right, God, I'll try it. I'm a server. He gave his life for her. Maybe I could take the trash out for her. Maybe I can. Guys are like, guys, guys, stop, Pastor, stop. Don't give any more examples. Just stop. Hey, hey, now what about this though? Watch. Then he says to the wives, now you submit yourself to your husband as unto the Lord. Oh my goodness. Wow. Now watch. You can hear all that and you guys might be, you might not like it. I'm just telling you God's word. 
But if you'd give me half an hour, we'd do a marriage conference to talk about how beautiful this actually is. You'd be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's how that's supposed to work. Yes, that's how it's supposed to work because God who created it knows how it works. And he goes, here's how this works. You get a man who's just like, girl, I'm gonna love you and serve you and sacrifice for you. And she's like, well, no, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna submit now to all that love and sacrifice and I'm, I'm going under you. And he's like, no, I'm coming, I'm coming under you. I'm gonna lift you up. No, I'm lifting you up. No, I'm lifting you up. And now you've got this marriage where they're both just trying to lift one another up because that's how God created it. And now God's blessing it. Thank you, coach, and the few others, right? What is that? That's me just walking in going, God, I'm in this thing. I don't get it all. I don't, I'm not gonna walk in here in pride and say, I've got it figured out. How is this supposed to work, Lord? Oh, you've shown me how it works. I'm not gonna edit this. I'm gonna submit to it because God, that's what humility is. I don't wanna resist you. What am I resisting when I'm resisting God? I'm resisting the blessing of God. Because watch, he says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So if I'm gonna resist God, fight what he says, I'm actually fighting against the very blessing he wants to give me. Think about it, think about it. What if I don't like when in Romans 1 and 1 Corinthians 6, God tells me how my sexuality works, where he says that sexuality, sex is to be saved for one man and one woman in the context of this thing called marriage. Well, God, you're not very culturally relevant. God, you just don't get it. You don't get our generation. You don't get it. God's like, I very much so get it. I created it. And if you are choosing to live a life in a way where in pride you say, we know more than the creator, you're going up against the one who actually desires, who wants to, would love to just bless you if you would just humble yourself and say, I'm gonna submit to it even if I don't get it. If I haven't offended you yet, hang on. <laughs> Ephesians 4 tells us to forgive the way we've been forgiven. Forgiving's hard. Some of you got some people, we got people holding grudges again. They deserve, they did. I'm not taught, I'm, God says, Ephesians 4, he said, you're to forgive the way I've forgiven you. How did God forgive you? 100% freely, I didn't even deserve it. Now I'm gonna go pour that out to others? That, I don't like that. Or Malachi 3, when it tells us to tithe, back to God a tenth of what he gave me. It's his, and then he says, give back to me, out of that. Well, I don't like that, God. You can resist me, or you could be blessed by me. Do you understand? Pride, I got this figured out, I, I need, I want, I, I, or humility, submission, submission, right? What about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us to trust in him with all our hearts, lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him. On and on and on, right? Well, I wanna go through a day going, I just wanna lean on what I, what I think. I wanna lean what I, what I wanna do, and I wanna go where I want, but Proverbs is telling me to, in all my ways, acknowledge you, all my ways submit to you, all my ways go, okay, God, what do you want? Okay. I might not like all of that. So here's what I'm saying. It's, it's not always easy. And I think, I think that we've allowed what's easy to be the path that we've walked far too long. Like, we, 
edit God's word like freely. Like, like I don't like, he wasn't talking, instead of submitting to God's word. And now we're, now we, we look up and we're like, how did we get here? I can tell you exactly how we've gotten here. How did you get there? I know exactly how you got there. But I also know how you can get back from there. If my people who are called by my name would just knock it off. Like just stop already. Just wake up and realize that I know what I'm doing. Submit yourself. So I had some Play-Doh. Where did it go? I'm gonna find it. Do you know where it went? Do you have it? Throw me my Play-Doh. Just toss it, baby. I'll catch it. You can break the, you got, you're a bad tosser. Wow. Okay. This is gonna be great. Watch, watch. Imagine for a moment that I make a little person, got a little person up here, okay, a little person, got little arms. I make a little person and I, I put them here. I create them, breathe life into this little person, okay? And I put this little person on this planet that I create with all the systems and all the structures and I put the little person in the little planet and they're just gonna live there, just a little person, okay? It's a little, little person, little guy, girl, just hanging out on this planet that I created and, and I put this little person here on this planet. Now, now watch. How much sense does it make for that person that I gave life to on the planet that I created to turn around and say, hey, I got a few questions. I mean, how much, what kind of rights does that person have? What right do they have to question the way I created it and the, the way it works and the way, what right do they have? Can I tell you, zero. I gave you life. I take it right back. I, now watch this. God, I think sometimes we, don't, we, we have a hard time submitting to God because we forget who he is. He's creator God. He knits you together in your mother's womb. The, the oxygen you're breathing is borrowed. It's from him. The lungs that, that are working inside you are only working inside you because God has determined it to be so. Matter of fact, all the molecules that are holding you together are being held together by the mighty hand of God. They, they want to... They, you know what an atom bomb is? Is when an atom just does what it's naturally supposed to do. The Bible tells us that in Jesus, all things consist... He's literally holding you together. Literally. Now, God who holds me together, I'm gonna look at and go, God, I don't, I don't want to. God, I don't, gosh. You know the Bible says that in the end day that things will end in a, in a, in a fervent heat? I think God's just gonna go, okay, here we go, reset. Done. So watch this. His it's by his grace that I'm even breathing right now. And so I say, I, I don't think, I, I think sometimes we have a hard time submitting to God. You just forget. This is God we're talking about. Like creator God. Now watch, add to that this, that not only has he created me, loved me, knit me together in my mother's womb and, and put oxygen within my, he loves his creation that he created. And so every every nuance of every boundary, of every rule, of every system has all been filtered through this love of God that just wants the best for his creation. Does that make sense? And so if that's true, 
which it is, what is the only logical response to all that? Humility. I humble myself before God. I humble myself before God. I say, it's your way over my way. Humility submits to God even when we don't like it. Even when it doesn't make sense to me. Even when I just go, his ways are higher than my ways. So I'm gonna submit my ways to his ways because his ways are higher than my ways. I'll submit my ways to his. Make sense? Humility, humility, humility. Now watch, 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 watch. You see humility as worship team comes up. You see humility, think about some of the stories now that we read. Daniel in the lion's den. Think about that for a minute. How does that, what does that have to do with humility? Think about it. Daniel had a choice to make, didn't he? Because if you know the story of Daniel in the lion's den, why, here's the question, why was he in the lion's den? You know why he was in the lion's den? Because they told him, we will throw you in the lion's den if you continue to pray. If you continue, because every day, it says he went three times a day, he kicked open his windows, and he got down, he knelt down toward the temple like Solomon said you're supposed to. God, if your people wander, can they turn to you here? So he turned toward the temple, and he would pray, and they made a decree. They said, if you pray to any other God besides Nebuchadnezzar, you're gonna be thrown into the lion's den. Well, here's the choice Daniel had to make. Do I, in my own pride, trying to protect my thing and think through that God that must not be... Do I cease praying or do I in humility do what I've done every single day? I submit myself to God. I do what I know I'm supposed to do even when it doesn't make sense. I do what's gonna be hard to do even though my life is in jeopardy right now. What does he choose to do? In humility, watch, not resisting what God wants but submitting to what God wants. In humility, he kicks those doors open. (sighs) Kneels down and he prays. They throw him in the lion's den. And what happens in the lion's den? God shut the mouths of those lions. Do you know what that is? That is God meeting the humble with this thing called grace. I resist the proud, but I give grace to the humble. So watch, watch. Humility attracts this grace of God. Like grace is, is, is what you Need Grace, my friends, is what saves you. Grace is what forgives you. Grace is what washes you. It's what cleanses you. Grace is what upholds you when you feel like you're falling apart. Grace is what shuts the mouths of lions that are trying to threaten you. Grace is what strengthens you when you feel like you can't take another step. Grace is what carries you when you can't even walk. Grace is God meeting you wherever you are and helping you to move to where you need to be even when you don't even have the strength to get there on your own. Grace is God in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, meeting his people, hearing them, forgiving them, and healing them. What is that? It's grace. And all over scripture, you see God meeting his people with grace as they're humbly submitting to him. Daniel in the lion's den, what is it? Grace, that's God's grace. God's grace shut the mouths of those lions. 
And I'm telling you, when you choose to walk in God's way and submit to the things that even don't make sense to you, and you might not even like it, here's what you'll find on the other side of it, is that God resists the proud, but he will give grace to the person who says, I'm gonna humbly walk with you. There's a strength on their life. Think about, think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar puts up this really tall statue and he says, I want everyone to bow down and worship this. Now these are good, these are good Hebrew boys. They know that they should not be worshiping anything other than the, the king of kings himself. Nebuchadnezzar says, if you don't bow, bow down, there's always a threat. Always a, there's always a threat, isn't there? Like if I don't go the way everyone's telling me and if I'm not doing what, they, what they're doing at work and at the school, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't, fiery furnace. There's always a threat, always, always, always. If you don't bow down, you will be thrown in. Now, here's the, here's the distinction. What are you gonna do when it's not easy? I'm telling you, it's not always easy, but it's in those moments, friend, where you find out who's really on the throne of your life. You following me? You find out if you're living in pride or walking in humility, resisting God or submitting to God. Bow down! And they go, no, 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 no. We're gonna submit to God and God alone. So we won't bow. And it says that they were thrown into the fiery furnace. But what happened in the fiery furnace? The grace of God meets them in the fiery furnace. And it tells us that the only thing that burned off them in those fires were the ropes that bound them. God actually set them free through the thing that was threatening them because they chose to submit themselves unto God. See, it's humility, humility, humility. Think of Jesus as we close. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane is on, in, the, in the shadow of the cross. And he even prays. We get, we get insight to his prayer. We get to hear it. And he says, Father, if there be any other way, God, if there's another way, Father, that these people can be saved, let's go with that option. Because the cross does not look like anything other than agony. You know, Philippians even reaches to the cross, points to the cross and says, this is the greatest example of humility, Right? is that Jesus humbled himself, becoming a form of a man. And then he humbled himself, it says, even to the point of the cross. What does that mean? Humility is seen in the fact that Jesus said, I might not like this, but I'm going to submit to this. He literally prays, but Father, not my will, but yours be done. What is that? Humility. And what do we find as Jesus walks in humility? The grace and the power of God upon his life that as he walks in humility, what looks as though it is dead can actually come back to life. There's a resurrection power on the other side of those who are willing to say, God, I'm just gonna walk in humility. And what might look like is dead in humility, God, you can bring back to life because listen, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You ever have people say, man, there's just a, there's just a grace on their life. There's just a grace on their life. What is that? It's people who choose to walk with God, no matter how hard it is, how easy or uneasy it might be, come hell or high water, come changing environment, come changing culture, come changing rules, come, come changing opinions, come change. I'm just gonna walk with God in humility stay close to him, submitted to him. And there's just this grace you find on your life that carries you through 
over and over and over and over and over again. And so friends, today, I choose to live. Would you choose to live as those who just say, God, the only thing that makes sense in all of this is submission. So where in your life has God been kind of pointing? You need to submit. You need to surrender. God sees all those things. And I'm telling you, on the other side of that surrender is grace. On the other side of that submission is strength. You're gonna have your ways, you're gonna have your thoughts. Let's be close. But in humility, you submit your ways and you submit your thoughts to the one whose ways are above your ways and thoughts are above your thoughts. You're gonna have desires. Come on, guys. Pride says, I know what I want, I know what I need. But at some point, you're gonna come to realize that as you obtain all the things it is you think you need and all the things you think you desire, they never actually meet your desire. They always leave you empty because you're running around in pride trying to fill yourself with things that'll never fill you, okay? That's pride. I've got my desires. Humility says, all I desire is God. That's humility. And watch, here's what I want you to understand. Is you will never have all you desire until all you desire is God. Because when all you desire is God, you get all of God. There's grace upon your life. You never will have all you desire until all you desire is God. Humility says, God, all I desire is you. I'm just gonna walk with you, just submit to you. In Jesus' name. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Lift you up. If my people who are called by my name, come on, will get humble, I'll hear from heaven. I'll hear the land. In Jesus' name. Amen, church. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on.